You know when you're out with your friends and they all order beer and then you look insane when you don't want any beer? I mean, no offense to any of my friends out there, but I'm not a crazy obsessed beer drinker. I mean, once in a while, but I don't really love it. But I did recently try Bud Light Seltzer. It's not beer. It's a hard seltzer from Bud Light. Finally, there's something I can drink when everyone else is having a beer. Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon lime, mango, and my go-to black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water. You know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? Are we up? Are we running? Do we have sound? Everyone just looks at me. I have to ask you this. What was that? Because I, you know, sometimes I'll call you, I call your people. My people. Right, my people. You have the people. Yeah. And sometimes I have to be in touch with them throughout, you know, the time. And uh, <laughs> and I called and I and I was talking to Autumn and I said you know I got to talk to Jillian about this about this you know something about and she goes oh yeah you're not gonna be able to get in touch with it Jillian's in a- in Afghanistan and I went <laughs> I went excuse me <laughs> she yeah she goes Jillian's in Af- Afghanistan and uh, she's not gonna be home for it. <laughs> and I just I don't know why but it just I wasn't expecting I was expecting you know she's in New Orleans she's somewhere working I but New I didn't Orleans. expect. I don't know why it kind of threw me. Oh, the Afghanistan. Uh, well, okay. It actually wasn't Afghanistan. Um, I was in the Middle East. And uh, I have to be very covert. I have to say I was in an undisclosed. I was in undisclosed locations. Yeah. I don't know. It's so something really? to do with like foreign policy, getting us in trouble with our hosting nations. I, I don't know what. Anyway, here, here's basically what happened. Well, they did a USO tour to visit the troops. Uh you know, several months ago. You mean in the skirt and stuff? No, uh, a skirt. No, it's 140 degrees in a sandstorm. No, I'm not wearing a skirt. I'm no, wearing, but don't the... I'm wearing like khaki. I was wearing like a skirt. <laughs> the hell is the matter with you? I guess my vision I'm not of Marilyn you... Monroe. Bob well, Hope wasn't there. That's what I think. It's of not when like I hear Normandy that. in 1945. <laughs> That's what I think what of. What are you talking about? When you a go to skirt? visit the troops. No. Just, you know. Oh, Lord. I love no. you. A bushel and a peck and the dancing. The dancing and singing. What is she talking about? I, 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 Jake, do you know what she's talking about? No, my engineer doesn't even know. No. Well, okay. Well, okay. Well, then you're in a, an undisclosed location. Yes. In the middle of the Middle East, visiting the troops. Yes. I'm not dancing and singing. That would be cruel to them. They are suffering enough over there. No, I realize that, but you're going over there for... <clears throat> Maybe oh, I should just Janice. stop talking and let you finish. So what here's you were what doing. happened. Okay. Dancing and singing. Not that I couldn't do it. <laughs> but that is, <laughs> that is not... Why I was there. Put my papers together. Uh, no, a few months ago, I can't, I honestly don't even remember why because it's all blurring together. But a few months ago, I was speaking at a conference in D.C. And quite honestly, just going about my life like like all of us do in this country day by day. Uh, you know, and I got a call from somebody at the USO. And they said to my quote people... We know Jillian's in town. Would she like to pay a visit to our wounded warriors at Walter Reed Hospital? And so, you know, I'm there with my business partner, John Carlo, and he said, you know, hey, honey, we've got a break before we, you know, before we do this thing and we've got some time. Why don't we go do that? And I was like, yeah, well, sure, let's go do that without having any idea mm. what I was in for. Uh, and it is shocking um pretty devastating pretty heartbreaking uh and i walked i walked out of that hospital and you know we were talking about guys oh and i'm not talking about shrapnel i'm talking about guys that have lost one arm and two legs you know i'm talking about uh, triple amputees and these guys are there and with their families and having paid the ultimate sacrifice and they're basically saying, I would do it again. I would, you know, 
I'm not sorry and and they're not feeling sorry for themselves which is I find absolutely amazing and it's like I want to get my, I want to get you know running again on my prosthetic legs and we want you you know they're talking to me we want you to see the rehabilitation center and I just it was shattering in so many ways and in on so many levels for me uh and I walked out of there realizing I'm going to be brutally honest. If you don't have a loved one on the front lines in the war or you don't know a family who's lost someone or you haven't lost someone or that has somebody overseas, you don't think about it. Mm -hmm. To say that every single day those of us who are not affected by this are thinking about it is a lie. And this war, these wars that we are fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq, it's the longest war in the history of America. This thing's been going on for 10 years. It's longer than Vietnam. It's longer than World War II. It's also the first time that 1% of our country is being asked to shoulder the entire burden of the war effort while nothing, literally nothing, is asked of the other 99% of us. So... You can say, well, I pay taxes. Yeah, well, so do I. But you know what? We're paying that they're going to take the same amount from us anyway. We might not like how they're distributed. I know I don't like how my tax dollars are distributed. But the reality is I'm not making a sacrifice on a, on a day-to-day basis for this these wars. Right. And I don't care what your politics are. I don't care if you believe in it. I don't care if you don't believe in it. It doesn't matter. We still have to show appreciation and respect and support for the 1%, for the people that are fighting this fight, and for their families that are making these sacrifices on on our behalf. And again, it could be, you could, like I said, you could say, I don't agree with this, I don't agree with this, fair enough, but we're in it. There's nothing we can do. Yeah. We're deep in this thing, and somebody's got to deal with this mess, and they're the ones that are having to deal with this whole thing. So at that point... After having walked out of there, feeling pretty damn ashamed of myself, to be honest, that I've taken all of this for granted and never really, you know, do you support the droops? Honk your horn, throw on a yellow ribbon on your car. Great. What's that doing? Nothing. Nothing. It's not doing anything. How are you actually supporting them? Are you sending over phone cards? Are you sending over iTunes certificates so they can download their music or books or media and feel like they're at home? Are you donating things to the families? What are you actually doing? I would bet how about nothing. So... At that point, I decided to do a USO tour to go overseas and visit the troops. And I went over and we did a fitness tour and it was myself and um, Heidi taught yoga, a.k.a. Mouse, and Marco taught boot camp classes with me. And I went over with Giancarlo and his wife, Sally, my business partner and his wife, Sally Ness. And wow, um, it was truly life changing in that you've got a bunch of people that are basically in a desert where it's 138 degrees, at least when I was there. Oh you can't see your friggin' hand in front of your face because it's just a whiteout of dust and sand and you can't see the sun. It, the, the sky is brown, brown with filth from the desert. You're eating sand, it's in your ears, it's in your hair, it's in your eyes. The minute you walk out the door, you feel like you are, you can't breathe because it's so hot. And so disgusting there, so disgusting. I would liken it to being get in a sauna, not uh, not the not the steam room. Get in a sauna, then take a hair dryer, turn it on, blow it, blast it at your face in every direction, particularly your face, and then throw sand into the hair dryer. And that is what it's like over there. That is what it's like. You literally, I I mean. We were falling off. Our little group was falling off like flies from heat stroke, exhaustion. These guys are working over there in that environment for 24-hour shifts sometimes. Sometimes they do 24-hour shifts. Sometimes they do eight-hour shifts. And then occasionally they'll get like a day to recover. In the most ridiculous outfits, it could be a bomb suit that weighs 80 pounds. I thought I was going to panic when they put me in with these little suits like uh, Hurt Locker where they go and they diffuse the IEDs or whatever it might be. And or they could be in a space suit in a U-2 bomber up in the stratosphere for 12 hours having to pee in a bag and drink out of a tube to get food in the same confined space for 12 hours. The things that our military is doing 
are doing, these guys are doing on our behalf, the things that they're being asked to endure physically make marathon running look like a trip to Disneyland. It is incredible, incredible. These fighter pilots that are taking on nine Gs, and I I mean, they, they could black out and die. And they're like, it's not uncommon. You know, it happens. They basically pull these nine Gs and the blood, they can't keep the blood in their brain and they black out and they die in the plane. It's insane. It really is insane what these guys are doing over there. And I have to say that my level of respect for their physical endurance, their emotional endurance, their stamina, and their attitude. I'm dying, right? I just got over there. And by the way, I'm a civilian, so I could wear a tank top and some light khakis. And, you know, I wear shoes for the most part instead of my flip-flops after day two. But... You know, these guys, it's like, I'm dying. I'm miserable. I'm like, okay, oh my God, we've been outside for 30 minutes on the flight line and it's 137 on this thing. And I, you know, I'm starting to like, you can't, you can't breathe. And they're out there all day long doing maintenance on the planes all day long. And they don't bitch. They don't complain. And these are the guys that aren't even in the line of fire. These are the guys that are, you know, predominantly, they were predominantly Air Force. There was some army there that were protecting the bases. Uh, but I got to tell you, their level of commitment and determination it is just, and discipline is uh, not to be rivaled. Not Unlike anything I've ever seen. It makes the biggest loser look like a walk in the park. So with that said, uh, having come home, we're also going to continue an initiative where uh, what I'll be doing, again, with, with a host of fitness people, is going around to military military bases and spending the day with soldiers that are home and their families, giving them boot camps, doing Q&As with them, uh, hoping to bring a chef and do cooking lessons for the families so that we're giving back to them. And, of course, donating product, whether it's exercise DVDs for their libraries, because overseas they they don't have anything books for their library so they can access healthy content or even honestly if you guys want to donate to the bases um dvds cds so they can get music they can get movies it really helps anything that keeps them in touch with home uh but so what we're doing is on my facebook through for the next two months from july 15th through uh to september uh for two months we're going to be basically running a challenge, and we're asking people to go on my Facebook page, which is just Jillian Michaels Facebook, and like my page. For every hundred thousand likes I get in the next two months, I'm going to be doing a fully sponsored appearance at a military base and donating product. So, if if that's all you can afford, if that's all you can do, then put me to work and like my page and spread the word for me. And uh, if you can do more, please donate iTunes cards they really like and or any any media content that can make them feel more at home would be really helpful. Wow, I had I had I mean I, you. Well, you're right. <sighs> what hit me about what you just said was the most of it was that one percent or shoulder. That's it. And it just you know you know and just say you, you sit home and you see it and you don't have any idea of the severity of the conditions at all. No, not a clue. At all. It, it is. I got over there and I was like, not in your until you physically feel this with your own body, you cannot imagine how hellish. And that's, that's just the truth. It's awful. It was awful. I was, and they don't, like I said, they don't bitch, they don't complain. They're just, they're doing their job. It's incredible. Wow. Anyway, yeah. I still can't believe you didn't sing one song. We're going to take a break. Oh, we, hey, you know who's coming up? And I, 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 and I, 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 I do not mean to make light of it. It's just sometimes when you no, hear about I know, that's USO fine. shows, you, it's okay, the yeah. dancing, singing, and yeah. bing. And bing. What's bing? Bing Crosby. And the, the Crosby? They used to all go, you know, back then. All right, what's and next? Bob Hope. D- Dr. V's next. Just dig the hole, Janice. Dig oh, boy. America's favorite doctor, Dr. Van Hurley, is on next to enlighten and educate us.
Okay, so we're back with our very favorite guest, Dr. Katya Van Hurley. And today, what are we talking about, Dr. V? What's our top seven? We're talking about osteoporosis. Uh, <laughs> I know. Big one, right? Uh, amazingly, my mother has osteoporosis, and I discovered a couple years ago that I'm osteopenic. Yep. My hips, I had the, I had the beginning of... Uh, yeah, uh, at 35, despite the fact that I ride horses, work out, eat well. So I am I know you have the top seven, but I want to know what part of this is genetic? Because <laughs> I immediately blame my mother. Well, you are so good, and we didn't even discuss this, Jillian, because two or three really important things to start out with is that for osteoporosis, what we're talking about is bone health, right? Right. Our bones, and people forget our bones are alive. You know, not to make it more, you know, sensationalistic, but our bones are alive. And what's really critical to know is that we have two systems, two different cell lines, but they are very related. The osteoclast, that breaks down bone like um, a little Pac-Man. I always say it's like a Pac-Man going through our system and our bone density. And the osteoblast, so clast and blast. And what they do is clast breaks down bone and blast basically puts more bone in. That's called remodeling. And why it's so important for people to get this is because over our lifetime, one or two, both of those cells have a lot to do with each other, right? They're kind of fighting a war. They're trying to get the same thing. I guess it's like if you're building a cathedral, one person is sort of shaving down like what you're doing. It doesn't look right, finessing it. And the other one is like laying the more mud and, and the mortar on. So osteoclast is not necessarily a bad thing? It's not, and, okay. and that's the thing. Again, it's two teams Got fighting it. for the same thing, to Got build it. that beautiful cathedral, that beautiful spiral, that beautiful bone architecture, Okay. and you need both. So that's really an important thing. Bones are alive. Got it. And I think when you know that, number one thing on top seven, because we can do a top seven on all the treatments, which would be a great follow-up, but let's talk about the top seven of the basics, exactly what you're saying. What's the family history? How do you go? So number one on top seven again, in no specific order, except that they're all important, all seven, is assess your risk. Okay. Critical. You brought up the thing, Jillian, and that is family history. So if you are from a northern European background, Caucasian, hate to say it, we all, you know, that's a higher risk factor. Really? All those things together. We look at a couple other things, which are pretty tough, but smoking, alcohol use, sedentary lifestyle, any kind of problems with eating disorders, okay. you look at all these things together, and what you see is that that little Pac-Man sort of balance between the osteoclast chewing bone and the osteoblast building bone can get upset very quickly. And again, there is genetics to it. So if your mom, your grandma, your dad, um, anyone in your family, siblings has had this, then you know already you've done step one. Number one on top seven, assess your your risk. You say your dad? I thought this is predominantly a female Yeah, well, issue. we'll talk about it in one of the others, and um, it's it's rampant. You know what's really Men? sad on yeah? You know what's really sad about this one, and you'll appreciate it, Jillian, is that this is the thing that the guys don't get diagnosed with, and they have it. Really? Yeah, this is where our healthcare system is skewed, and nobody really checks guys, and they have actually similar risk. But we'll talk about in a couple of ones later why their risk may be lower, okay. but also why they still have risk. Can I ask you two two personal questions? Yeah. Um, okay, I'm not a, not a big drinker. I'm not a big smoker, but okay. I have heard that excessive excessive amounts of caffeine yeah. can be an issue, and that carbonation can be an issue, or yeah. is that just so diet car- soda? Yeah. So the carbonation that has to do with the fact that calcium and phosphorus phosphate are the two main ways we build our strong bone, our cortical bone. Okay. We have a couple things, right? So if anyone's seen a little chicken bone or turkey bone at, at Thanksgiving, right? Right. You've got that nice outside layer, which is really tough. That's the part that if you crack it, you can't give it to your dogs or cats, right? You right. Soak on it. Got it. Inside is the marrow. That's the trabecular bone. And what we know is, is that basically those two bone elements together are what make our bones strong. At the same time, we have a hard time after a certain age, and that age is younger than we think, Jillian. It's probably somewhere between 21 and 30 for women. It may be between about 20 to 35 for men. 
that you can build that trabecular or stronger outside bone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So number one, you got to assess your risk. Okay. You understand that there's two elements working. It's not one is good. It's not like Star Wars, you know, the dark side and, <laughs> and Luke Skywalker. Right. It's actually a good thing. That's the balance in, you know, the circle of life. That's okay. How, we, how it all works. Got it. So family history, look at smoking, look at alcohol, look at all those things and understand where you are in terms of yourself. Okay. The number two question that always happens, and again, this is part of how do we start with osteoporosis, has to do with what studies do you get? So you look at the DEXA bone scan, right? Dual energy x-ray absorbitometry. That's what DEXA stands for. It's a very, very low radiation scan that for most women and men, and again, men kind of get pushed out of this one, but as an endocrinologist, this is what we do. We say it to both. Got it. Is it's needed after the age of 65. It's about 250 bucks. Insurance groups will cover it. But the important thing about it is that we really need to get a baseline before. What's important about the DEXA scan? You get two scores, a T like Tom, a Z like Zebra score. T score tells you your comparison to 30-year-olds in your age, age and gender range. Okay. The Z score tells you people in your own range. Why is this an important one? Because in anything that you're going to follow in your life, in medicine, you need a baseline. We are recommending that people, especially if they have a higher risk, should get their DEXA scan, women especially, somewhere between the age of 40 and 45. And I would even say with men, by the age of 45 to 50, you want to get this scan. Okay. Does it mean you have to get it all the time? No. Heck no. Because it costs money. Yeah. But you need a good person following you. You need to know your scores because what you were talking about, osteopenia, yeah. that thinning of that cortical bone, that outside strong bone, you haven't lost enough of it, the architecture, that you would have to go say, oh my gosh, this is osteoporosis, bone loss. But you're, you're giving us a shadowing, right, Jillian? Yeah. That there's something going on. Right. Dexa scans will tell you that. And again, that leads you to say, wait a minute, I actually have to throw a party here and help my bones or not. Okay. Now here, I have one, uh, one other question. Just because I want to I wanna really set the stakes, I didn't really think of anything about, I didn't think anything about this until, you know, those Sally Field commercials would come on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is my mom's generation. I don't even know what that means. When I'm 80, I guess I'll break a hip. Then suddenly, you know, at 35, I ended up uncovering that this is an issue. And when I started to find out what it meant and how it impacts my overall health, it freaked me out. And I was wondering if you could explain to people how, you know, what, what, what this could do to your body, why it matters that you, you essentially deal with the problem. Really important. So when we talk about the studies, again, this is the reason that I go against the national data. You know, we always do that, Jillian. We're kind of like, we're trying to be trailblazers. I don't know if we can use that word. And the reason we do it is because if you have osteopenia thinning and you don't take that shot across the bow seriously and okay. get yourself in order, then what will happen is it will go on to total bone loss. That means that you are now at risk for a fall with a fracture. That can be a wrist fracture, an ankle fracture, and more importantly, even a hip fracture and spinal reduction, meaning loss of bone density in the vertebral bodies. Those are the bones around our spinal cord. You can compress nerves. You can actually have patients that after they get a hip fracture, we see 50%, half of them in the next year after their hip fracture, even with good treatment. And this applies more to our elderly patients but they died. It's oh my God, really? Indicator of death. Oh here's God. another big one. I really people... stepped in it, didn't I? <laughs> I want steaks. one and... that people don't Ooh. get, and that is what we call kyphosis. Kyphosis just means, you know that hunchback that you get yes. when you start curving over? Yes. That's a kyphotic. Um, it means your, your little bones around the spinal cord have gotten so thin that they can't hold you up anymore. So just like the Tower of Pisa, you start leaning over, and as a result, it not only endangers your spinal cord, but guess what happens when you lean over? Everyone lean over right now. Your tummy, guess where it is? It's right in your upper chest, right? Yeah. That means... Janice that and I are both leaning over. I just yeah. looked over at you, so, Jan. So I lean... <laughs> you can be thin. You can be heavy. You can be wherever on the spectrum. We can talk about that later. But the acids in your stomach, guess where they go? They go right up. So you start getting huge digestion problems acid reflux problems. It's one of the biggest things you see with people with kyphosis. 
that bending of the spine because we are we have to stay upright, right? Yeah. Anyone that has reflux gets what they're told. Put bricks under the front of your bed, at the head of your bed, raise the head of your bed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Why? Because you're making too many acids, and you can take medicines or not. But osteoporosis leads to kyphosis, hip fractures, death within 50% of those people in the first year, and horrible GI complaints, horrible ones. Wow. Okay. It's a really bad, bad disease. Actually, it's beyond what people have actually have 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 portrayed, and that's why it's such an important one. So if we go through, what are the other tests you can do? Right. You can do that DEXA scan, try and get it earlier than 65, get that baseline, even if you have to sort of, I hate to say this, you know, borrow the money, try and get the scan, get a good endocrinologist or a good family medicine doc or internal medicine person. Rheumatologists are great at this as well because we all understand that the, the bone structure, the architecture is critical. Right. N-telopeptide, so N like Nancy, right? So right. that is a urine or blood study it tells you about re- bone remodeling if you're going to pay for a study i wouldn't pay for that one. Oh wow it, okay. yeah it's not a great number it adds to people that you have to follow because you don't want to rescan them and so what you say is in people that are really sick that you have to follow with different medications that they're on yeah you follow we all do the n-telopeptide but it's not something that i would tell people to invest in Got up it. front. Okay. Next one, third one on this, and it's a really important one, is calcium. People will say, oh, I don't have osteoporosis because my blood calcium is normal. It's the classic faux pas. Your body, and we'll describe really quickly in the next top sevens, your body will do everything to keep the blood calcium normal because calcium is a hormone. It relaxes our muscles. It relaxes our heart. It allows us to sleep. If you have low calcium, you will get seizures. If you have high calcium, you'll be in a coma. So calcium is so important, and people don't realize it comes from the bones, as we talked about, right? Right. and calcium. Right. Okay, so number three. Should we go on to number three? So, Okay, so wait a minute, though. Are you saying that if you don't get enough calcium, your body will pull the calcium from the bones? Absolutely. It's the number one thing in pregnancy. They're little calcium bandits, our babies, right? <laughs> oh my gosh! I didn't even—I th- did not know this, which I'm, I'm humiliated by. So, if you're not eating enough calcium, your body's going to pull all that calcium from your bones to stabilize all those other bodily functions. Absolutely. Okay. We, what we talked about before, homeostasis. The Got body it. is going to always take care of what it needs to do. So, if you're pregnant and you're not eating, guess what? You're going to get osteopenia, osteoporosis potentially, okay. because you're not taking enough in. Got it. Number three, it has to do exactly with calcium, and that is vitamin D. Vitamin D, vitamin D, another essential hormone that we get from sunlight, goes to our skin, then goes to the liver, then goes to the kidney, gets activated, and vitamin D is a hormone. Why is it so critical? It has actually to do with everything that we look at in terms of bone metabolism. Vitamin D is a very important signal, like calcium, to our parathyroids. Our parathyroids are four little, like, pea-sized glands in, embedded, actually, in our thyroid. So our thyroid is in the neck. It's right. like a little piece of bow-tie pasta. Right. Think of four peas in every corner. So you have a little, like, tie-on in your neck, okay. and you've got little, four little elements at every corner of that little bow-tie. Those are the parathyroids. Parathyroids are critical in bone density. They are essentially the managers of blood calcium. But what they really respond to is this vitamin D. Jillian, you and I have talked about, uh, at, you know, for so many times, why do people have low vitamin D? We don't understand it, but it's absolutely essential because we see a global lowering in vitamin D. Is it sunscreens that people aren't absorbing it? Is it at gut absorption issue? You know, is it global warming? There's a lot of theories and a lot of studies in many diseases But vitamin D is a hormone. It actually triggers our responses with calcium to the parathyroids. And what you've got to do is get your 25-hydroxy, that's 25-OH, vitamin D levels checked. Okay. Because it's a really important way that your doctor can tell you you need to boost this up, lower parathyroid hormone, because parathyroids like to see a good vitamin D, and you will actually, in my opinion, help stop osteopenia osteoporosis. Just by enhancing your vitamin D. Absolutely. Okay. No question. So then here's my question. Um, 
because I've heard a couple of different things from nutritionists and from doctors alike. And a lot of them will say, yeah, you can get, you know, milk fortified with vitamin D, but it's so minimal. And your best bet is to just spend 10 minutes in the sun every day. Right. And, and so 10 to 15 minutes in the sun will give you a little bit more. And okay. we've seen this with our patients. There's actually been studies done on that. And for whatever reason, Jillian, and again, we don't understand it. And I think it's always better for the medical world to say we don't understand why. That's not enough. It's not enough. It's not working. And by the way, of course, there's an increase in, you know, skin cancers and so forth. Okay. Yeah. So vitamin D, get it checked. That's actually number three. Got so it. Number four, what has to do with parathyroid then leads to hormone replacement. Why is this so important? And this has to do with men and women. Okay. What we know is at the time that our ovaries fail, and for most women, that's somewhere around the age of, let's say, 39, 42 to about 55. When you say ovaries fail, do you mean um, menopause? Got it. I got it. Okay. You're telling me I'm two years away from menopause? (laughs) (laughs) Some women have it way in, they're almost in their 60s. So it all depends a lot, menopause, on your mom. Okay. Your mom's history, which is a really genetic thing. Got you're it. talking about bone density being genetic. And I think it's probably why we see that also hormone replacement and menopause is really important. Now, most of us as clinicians are not avidly, meaning for most people, we're not putting them on estrogen progesterone replacement. And that has to do with studies that show very low risk, okay. but still some risk in some of the female cancers uterine, breast, and so forth. From from hormone replacement. That's right, from hormone replacement. Right, right, right. But here's what's important. When you're becoming perimenopausal, meaning your estrogen, your ovaries are starting to function less strongly, you're not making enough estrogen, or in that time that you're sort of not having enough nutrition, it can all happen at the same time. As we age, what we see is that there's a balance between estrogen and parathyroid hormone, and that's what we were just talking about. And it seems like when estrogen goes away, guess what we still have? We still have those four little glands, and the parathyroids start winning the war. They're all about getting calcium into the bloodstream, right? Draining the bone bank. So after menopause, and you'll see the studies, the biggest problem is estrogen goes away, and parathyroid hormone kind of reigns, right, for one to two years. And that's why we see this biggest loss in bone density, in my opinion, in those two years. So what do you do? Really important thing, check your parathyroid hormone level. Make sure it's not too high. There's so many people because of the vitamin D problems we talked about in number three. Right. Just check, and it's called PTH, parathyroid hormone. So PTH. Check that. I'm not telling people to go on hormone replacement. And again, this is part of the top seven of treatments because there's all different ways you can do it. But in people who have a high PTH, who are also low in their estrogen, critical that you know your vitamin D levels, that you know your PTH levels. Got it. Because it really makes a difference. For men, and that's the other part, we can't forget them because it's really critical. Testosterone, check your testosterone because parathyroid, estrogen, testosterone, they all work in this same amalgam. We actually have looked at giving injections of DHEA, a testosterone yes, building block. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Testosterone. testosterone is probably the strongest agent overall metabolically that we can make to build bone density. Women need to check it. Men need to check it. And osteoporosis in men that I see in my practice is because no one's checked a testosterone and you see, and, and guys don't have symptoms, by the way, and women don't have symptoms. It does not necessarily cause erectile dysfunction or anything like that, which is, uh, you know, a misnomer. People think you don't have a testosterone, you can't have sex, all these things. No, it's not true. Okay. Key thing with low testosterone, bone density, you're going to lose it. <laughs> I, I actually didn't, did not know that, and I, I remember uh, a few years ago, actually, when I had gotten my hormones done and my thyroid checked and everything, they had said my testosterone was low. See? And I, I started trying, you know, to eat all these foods that theoretically boost testosterone, like garlic. I was stinking yep. up the place and <laughs> lifting weights on my lower body to try to, like, boost it up. But they had said stress also, they said, could reduce testosterone Absolutely. levels. Because we make that through the ovaries as well as women. But, again, men make it through the testicles primarily. So we've got to check it. And okay. it's equally important for men and women. Number five, diet. Okay, so diet is critical. What we see over and over is you have to get in at least... 1,200 milligrams of calcium. 
that's where the calcium comes in. Okay. The key thing with calcium, this is just a big note, is if you're going to take over-the-counter calcium, whether you take calcium carbonate or calcium citrate, citrate seems to be better absorbed. Mm-hmm. Kind of think about it like this. You're taking chalk pills. So if you're swallowing little pieces of chalk, because calcium is kind of like that, right. citrate seems to be better absorbed in the gut. It can give people maja, it can give people mm. upset stomachs, it can give people constipation. Okay. But if you take this is not sit- so you're not selling it, Doctor. <laughs> uh, I know I'm not, and, and you know what? I can, I can hardly take it myself, which I shouldn't even be saying. It's such a tough one. But here's the thing: okay. you can take it through other natural ways, food, which I know exactly. Okay, got food. it. So got sardines it. with bones, you know, tofu, salmon with bones, collard greens and spinach. Right. Great ways to take it. Now, again, if you're lactose intolerance, milk and all those other elements are tough. But try and get it in naturally. It's a really important element, hugely important. We look at it almost like a hormone, right? Yeah. And you, you can get it in without taking the carbonate or the citrate. What but, about the combo of magnesium with calcium? Yeah, because if you don't have a normal magnesium level, you can't fully absorb the calcium you take in. Thank you. Okay. And you bring up a really important piece, and that is some folks will say, well, I'm taking 2,000 milligrams. It's These are the big, you know, big big tablets. I'm taking those in Mm -hmm. all through the day. I would say don't do that because you're going to get sick from it and your body can absorb somewhere between about 500 to 700 milligrams in one session. Again, think chalk tablets. You can't get in enough of it. What's much better is through food. Okay, got it. Got it. And and magnesium allows you to help absorb the calcium. That's exactly right. And so, you know, there's Mac Plus. There's other ways of getting in magnesium through foods. I mean, you've done a great job, Jillian, in your your books and so forth to describe that. And magnesium is key. Got it. Okay. Okay. Number six. So what do we do? Number six. Sounds simple, but avoid the risks. And that means the risks of any of the side effects if you've already or don't know you have osteopenia or osteoporosis. And that has to do with fall situations. What we see, again, is people that literally live in cold places, don't realize they don't have the right fitting shoes, they're, they're drinking too much, they're smoking too much, they, they're walking across icy plains. You've got to think about this because, again, if you have that fall, if you're not avoiding your risks, even if you can't improve your bone density, make sure you don't fall. Don't don't break a hip. (laughs) That becomes common sense. It's common sense. Right. It's completely common sense. But somehow I feel like we all have to be reminded, including myself, right? you got to be careful. Stay out of harm's way. Number seven. Number seven is the biggest one, and it's your one. Exercise. Right. You've got the Pac-Man, the chewing osteoclast, and then you've got the osteoblast laying down better bone. You've got to move. What stimulates these live organisms, these cells, if you will, is movement. Get out there. Do tennis. Do swimming. Do all kinds of things that are weight-bearing. And what I actually do, and I think we all have talked about this, Jillian, you and I before, is get some weights on. Go buy some weights at Target or or, or Walgreens or anywhere. Five-pound weights. Put them on your ankles. Make sure they're comfortable. Walk around the house in them. Put, you know, one-pound, you know, weights on your wrists. This tells these two elements of our bones, the osteoclast and the osteoblast, that we need to work. We've got to build and remodel in a positive way. Right. You've got to move. And weight-bearing exercises, again, we're not telling people that can't do it, pound on the floor and do the highest impact aerobics or jumping. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying stimulate your bone. Right. Have a respect for your bone. And really that's the reason it's sort of the last one is like respect what these bones are doing. Our bones are our architecture. They're alive. We, we don't think about it like that because we all eat a, a chicken and this and that and we think, oh, this is stagnant. Nothing changes. No, our bones are alive and they're there to protect us. Thank you so much, Dr. V. That's <laughs> unbelievably enlightening. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, we no, hope so. <laughs> really, seriously. And I, I just think Again, it's something that we take for granted until we end up getting that DEXA scan, which for me was a fluke. And I was supposed to be the good example, by the way. It was... It was for losing it, and they had to run a physical on me, the producers, because they wanted me to be the positive example of good bone density. And it was like, um, Houston, got a bit of a problem. 
<laughs> and, and it's like, you know, and now, of course, I, I you know, do my best to be getting it in through diet. And of course, I lift my weights and I try to be real good about yeah. anything that leaches cal- uh, calcium from the body. But it's it's a real serious thing. And, and I cannot thank you enough. Of oh, course, oh, wait, so Dr. V, we always forget to do I always forget to do this because I suck. How can people reach you? I, I don't even do it anymore because your practice is so full that no one can get a hold of you. <laughs> I, 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 I've gotten to the point of like, I don't even Dr. promote. Van, DrVanHurley.com, D-R-V-A-N-H-E-R-L-E.com. But we're good. And, and we're trying. We're, we're working on all different ways now, Jillian, to, to make sure we can get this out. And your point, and that's why you're such a star in actually the healthcare change in this country, is that you get it. You're a human being who went through the good and the bad and you are an example of good health, and look, you got your DEXA. If you had waited till you were 65, like as recommendations, do you see my point? Yeah. Yeah. Empower yourself, get some tools, do it, and we can all do it together. Thank you, Dr. V. Thank you, Jillian. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I know this pain. Why do you lock yourself up in these chains? Okay, we got Becky waiting on the line. Huh? Becky, huh? Be- was this? And that was Becky. Did I just hear Wilson Phillips on Becky's like call phone yes, thing? <laughs> Somebody's been watching Bridesmaids, huh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's genius. At the end of the movie, here's a blatant plug, clearly, for Kristen Wiig. Uh, at the end of the movie, they all, like, sing uh, that song on so, Wilson Phillips. And, yeah, very uplifting, <laughs> Becky. Very, very uplifting. Bravo. Uh, <clears throat> it gets everybody to laugh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. For sure, for sure. So tell me what's going on. Well, um, I'm an international flight attendant, and... I know, like you say, historically, travel is terrible for diet and exercise. It's not. And it's I certainly not helpful. One to tell you that is 100% true. <laughs> I mean, and goodbye. <laughs> exactly, right? I mean, I'm traveling all the time. I'm, I probably do like six international trips a month where Oof. I'm in New York and then I'm in Paris and then I'm back in New York and then I'm in Tel Aviv. I mean, yeah. how, how do I keep myself on track? Okay. Like with diet and exercise and being trapped on a plane with airplane food. and You, you cannot know. eat that stuff. I'm telling you. I know. <laughs> you cannot eat it. I mean, beyond the fact that I've read, you know, all kinds of uh, articles in the paper about uh, pests and chemicals and food poisoning and and that it's just not okay. healthy overall, I, I would not. I would not eat that stuff, period. Uh, you know what I notice lately as I've been flying is a lot of my, uh, my, my, um, oh my goodness, my flight attendants have brought their own food. They have their little containers and they put it in the fridge and they've got, you know, their snacks and everything. And because I often get approached about, what do you think of this? <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you think of this snack? Um, but I find that it, it's extremely helpful. I do the same thing as well when I'm traveling because I travel a lot. I bring my own food. And it's kind of a pain to get through the security because it's like one time I brought hummus and they thought it was an explosive. But I swear to God, they're like, there are no pastes. I'm like, it's it's hummus. No, no, right. could be a bomb. I was like, okay. But still, you can, you know, you can pack salads. You can pack bean salads. You can pack sandwiches. You can pack things of that nature. Can you start? And this goes for everybody, not just people who are traveling all the time, people who are on the go, people who, uh, you know, are stuck in the office where there's donuts and pizza and bagels and crap all day long. Can you pack your own food? Um, you know, you can to, to an extent, but when you're gone for that long, it's like, how much can you pack? You know, it gets tough for when you're on a, stuck on a plane and then you're in your international city and then traveling back. If I have leftovers, I have to throw it out because you're going through customs and immigrations and you can't bring fruit or anything back through. That's true. I would here's what I would say, though. Get bring it onto the plane. If you've got to throw it out, who cares? I'd rather you okay. have it there, and if you throw it out, like, don't, don't do the fat girl thing. That's that's my thing. That I can't waste food. Fat girl thing. It doesn't. That's not helping you. So you bring the healthy food. If you don't eat it and you have to throw it out, then you don't eat it and you have to throw it out. But at least you're not eating garbage on the plane. It's like the lesser of two evils. Even though 
Some of us find it excruciating to throw away perfectly good food. I happen to be one of those people. It, it yeah. is what it is, dude. You need to you need to protect your physical health first. So if you bring an apple and you don't eat it and it goes in the trash because it can't come through customs or immigration, such is life. I'd rather you have the apple there on the plane than eat peanuts or God knows what else they're they're offering on there. Um, so you you know you you probably traveling the same route I would imagine. Yes, it's like okay, this you know we do these cities on these routes. Am I right about that? Uh, no, actually, Ugh. not for me. I I'm different all the time. I mean, really? I can be in Ireland one time, Paris, Tel Aviv. I mean. Rome. You just don't know. You don't know. Okay. Uh, that's a bummer because if there was any sort of routine you could identify, you could locate, like, these are my go-to places in these cities. Or there are certain right. uh, certain airports that I've become unbelievably familiar with. So, for example, like the American Terminal at JFK, I know that I go to this little Euro cafe and I get my three-bean salad and my bag of pop chips and I take it on the plane and that's what, that's what I do when I'm at JFK. When I'm at LAX, I know that I can go to uh, the Starbucks there and it's, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but I get the little fruit plate with the hard-boiled egg and a few pieces of cheese. Is it superfood? No. But it's a lot better than eating, you know, the the pasta dip or the beef stroganoff or whatever on the flight. So if you can familiarize yourself with some of these more international hubs, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Charles de Gaulle in Paris or um, Ben, I just left Tel Aviv for goodness sake. You'd think I'd remember the name of Ben's something. I can't tell you the name of the airport and I fly there all the time. It's It's like Ben (laughs) something. I was going to say Ben. Yeah, I know. Whatever. So, or LAX or, or JFK or some of these main hubs, at least, wherever your airline has a hub. Try to have a go-to place. So do your homework on that on that location, on that terminal. Find out what the go-to place could be and have something that you can pick that up there when you're in transit. Because obviously, you know, if you don't live in uh, New York but and you don't have time to stop at the supermarket and pack your own lunch and you're staying in a hotel if you've got a go-to place and again to, to apply this to the masses I would say you become a creature of habit to a certain extent in your daily routine have a go-to restaurant in the vicinity that you can order in from or that you can go out and, and have like okay this place I know can do a tuna salad for me even if it's an Italian place they can modify the food and make it for me this way try to have a go-to place in at least the main hubs the main cities that you frequent more often than not that will help when you're leaving from home pack your own stuff get over the guilt of throwing away food that is not serving you right now it's just not you need to have healthy food First and foremost, before you eat crap, and if you have to throw it away because you're traveling traveling internationally, you you know you do what you have to do. Uh, another thing is, you know, when you're on the plane, you guys are on your feet a lot, and believe it or not, that helps. Yeah. The more you stand, the more calories you're burning. It's a really mm-hmm. passive way to burn calories. We call it. Um, NEAT, it's non-exercise activity thermogenesis, and basically it's like you're not working out. You're standing. (laughs) You're standing, but it burns a lot more calories than sitting. Hmm. So the more you're on your feet, the more you're engaging your body, your muscles, your core, you're, you're essentially burning more calories, and it's just a way to constantly keep yourself active. And, you know, you want to put out more than you take in. It's real simple math. And, it you know, even if you're just walking the aisles, (laughs) I don't care. If the people on the plane think you're crazy, I I don't care. You do what you need to do. Travel with a workout DVD that you can pop in your computer no matter what hotel room you're in. So even if it's cold outside and you can't go for a jog or a walk, even if the hotel doesn't have a gym in its facility and there isn't one um, in the near vicinity, bring some exercise DVDs with you and pop them in your little uh, laptop and do them. I I mean, most don't require much. Some of mine have... um, Hand weights, yeah, I do but the shred all the time. Okay, take it with you. And it kicks my ass. Take <laughs> take it with you. Take it take it ripped in thirty. Uh, do ripped in thirty. That's much harder. I like it's people. Harder. Are, people are like, I do thirty day shred. I'm like this. No 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 no. Do thir- <laughs> do ripped in thirty. Then then come and brag to me. Um, but but bottom line is that you know bring bring these things with you because it is a combination of diet and exercise. So if you're traveling a lot and you can't stay at a hotel with a gym. Awesome. If you can go, okay, when I'm in these cities, these these are the hotels I know that have at least a treadmill or at least a small facility for me to utilize. Try to stay there if, if you have the option. If not, travel with your own DVDs. You can even bring um, 
you know, a little $5 resistance band. It's easy to pack uh, and it allows right. you to do some some additional exercises in the room that don't just utilize body weight, even though there's there's you can do almost anything with body weight, um, except unless you have a pull up bar back workouts become tough, become tough. Um, and you can do triceps, you can do shoulders. Really, it just helps with back and biceps. But it's it's a great thing to bring and utilize a piece of tubing. It's like five bucks, you know, the little tube with the handles on it. And all those things, just being mindful and making these little efforts, they add up. They equal big results in the long run. Okay, great. All right? Sounds great. I'll probably Thank see you. you on one of these flights. <laughs> probably. All right, buddy. I look forward to it. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Traveling is tough, I got to say. It, it is not easy, and I do a lot of it, and it's just a challenge. And you eat things that are less than ideal, whether it's, again, like you you make, you choose the lesser of the evils. Like I'll get a Subway vegetarian sandwich. Is the bread great for you? No. Are the vegetables organic? No. But it's a hell of a lot better yeah. than a Happy Meal. But Becky, I mean, I mean Becky, I know she's she's like an, an extreme traveler, yeah. you know, as you are. But I mean, there's there's people that travel for business. Even though when you apply it even to your daily life, it's like, I'm yeah. busy. I sit at the office. I can't, you know, you pack your food when you can. You have your go-to places. You deliver emails in person. You know, you're on your feet. Get as much activity. Pack it into your day as possible. It's gonna add up over time. That's the thing. Yeah, it's oh. <laughs> an encouraging sound. After <laughs> ah, that advice, oh god. Okay, we gotta go. What? This is the end of the show. We ran out of time. Well, Doctor V, you know she's got a lot of information packed in there. Already? Yeah. All right. Well, goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> no, say it. Be nice now. All be right. happy. All right. <laughs> Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the show. Peace. If you like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. <laughs>